Good morning, Grace Fellowship Church. My name is Gene Williams. I'm one of the preachers here. It's wonderful to see you all. Do you ever wonder if the Christian life is worth it? People oppose Christianity all over the place, especially if you're on social media. Some people persecute Christians. They label Christians as intolerant, resistant to progress, narrow-minded. How can you say that there's only one way to God? Is it worth it to be a Christian? Is it worth it to endure suffering and persecution? People have opposed Christianity since the time of Jesus, and it doesn't seem to be letting up anytime soon. Will there ever be an end to this opposition? If you're a Christian here today, what hope do you have? What are you to do in the face of such opposition? Opposition that should could surely last until you die. Let me encourage you that though it looked different for Paul and Timothy, they went through this persecution too. Persecution against Christians is not new. Opposition to Jesus and his gospel, it is not a new thing that we are facing. And if you, if you neglect to look at Paul and Timothy's example this morning, you might be tempted to give up on the Christian life. You might say, you know what? This isn't worth it. I give up. But the scriptures, they don't call us to give us up. They call us to trust God and to continue. Here's our main idea this morning. Opponents will continue to oppose truth. And whoever guards this truth will be persecuted, but must press on. As a church, we've been looking through the life of Paul, first and second Timothy. Here we're at the end of Paul's life, second Timothy. He's in prison, likely in Rome, awaiting his execution. And he's writing to, as Jeff said, Timothy, his key disciple. With final dying advice. We're in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Go ahead and turn there. It's uh, on page 645 if you have one of these Bibles. And as you do that, I'm going to pray for our time. Father, we bow before you this morning. Thank you for your grace and your mercy to us that we don't deserve, but that you shower on us anyway. And Father, as we think about our lives and, and the times that we live in, we, we think about the the persecution that comes along with bearing the name of Jesus. But Lord, we trust you. We know that it is worth it to follow Jesus. And we know that you have purchased us by your blood. Father, be with us this morning. Strengthen us in the faith. Encourage our church. And help us to press on, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So, 2 Timothy chapter 3. But understand this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, 
heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Just as Janez and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far. For their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. You, however, Timothy, you have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, Yet from them all, the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood... You have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Opponents will continue to oppose truth. Paul is writing to Timothy 800 miles away as he advises a church in Ephesus. And if you were about to die and you knew you might not see this good friend again, what would you say to him? Part of what Paul says is, Timothy, there will be times of difficulty. Verse 2, people will be lovers of self, lovers of money. And he goes on with these, these heart-aching descriptions. They'll be full of themselves. They will hurt other people. They won't listen to their parents. They won't be thankful. You can't appease these people. They'll be heartless. They'll talk about others behind their backs in ways that hurt that person. They'll be brutal. They'll have no control over their bodies. They'll prefer doing evil instead of doing good. They'll love deception over loyalty. They won't give a rip who they hurt or when. They won't love God. They'll love pleasure. And they might look like they're godly, but really they deny the power of godliness. Let me connect the dots here to the rest of our sermon series Back in chapter 1 of 1 Timothy, Paul says to Timothy, I want you to stay in Ephesus so that you guard against these false teachers who are wreaking havoc. Timothy, stay there. These teachers are are abusing the the law and, and they're arguing about things that don't even matter. And likely, 
here in this chapter, Paul is talking about the same people still giving Timothy grief. These people do not teach the gospel of Jesus. Verse 6, here's what they teach. They, they sneak into people's houses and capture them and prey on them. And they say, oh, you're burdened with sins. Oh, you're passionate about this. Let me play off of that and feed you with this poisonous false teaching. These are the kind of, of people Timothy is dealing with. And Paul says, verse 5, avoid them, Timothy. So, will these people go on forever? Will there be justice? Or will these, these false teachers continue to do whatever they want? Verse 9, Timothy, they will not get very far. In verse 8, Paul compares these people to two people in Exodus. Janus and Jambres. And, and we don't have their names in Exodus chapter 7. But from Jewish writings, we know that these two, Janus and Jambres, were the two who opposed Moses in front of Pharaoh. You probably remember that Pharaoh, or Moses went before Pharaoh and he did signs to prove, hey Pharaoh, I'm from God, here are some signs to prove it. Let the people go. And then these, these magicians come along and they replicate some of Moses' signs. That's Janus and Jambres. And what Paul is doing is he's saying, just as Janus and Jambres opposed God's messenger and God's truth, so these people in Ephesus, they're doing the same exact thing. They are corrupt in their minds. They'll, they're disqualified regarding the faith. They're not even believers. But, verse 9, Timothy, they will not get very far. Their folly will be plain, as was that of Janus and Jambres. What happened to Janus and Jambres? They did some signs. They couldn't keep up with Moses and God, but, you know, that was cute. They, they did a couple things. But then God showed up, and, and he showed that he is the boss. And plague after plague, God pried Pharaoh's clenched fist open, making Janus and Jambres look like absolute fools for opposing him. God's truth prevailed in Exodus. And Paul is saying, Timothy, don't worry. The same thing is going to happen now as it happened then. My truth will stand. Their folly will be plain. One more observation I'd love to make. When does Paul say this will happen? Verse 1. Understand this, Timothy, that in the last days. Now, in the last days, you might be tempted to think, okay, that's end time stuff. Not now. But I wouldn't assume that too quickly. Paul says in verse 6 and 7, he, he uses present tense language. He says, among them are currently those who creep into households. Verse 7, the victims of the false teachers, they are always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. So when Paul is writing about the last days, he's talking about the present. He's saying, now, Timothy, there will come times of difficulty. 
And, and we here in 2018, we're in the same last days, the same days in between Jesus ascending into heaven and him returning to save us. And what Paul is doing, he, he's encouraging Timothy with some discouraging news. He's saying, Timothy, if you see this godlessness happening around you, these people opposing the gospel, that's okay. I'm telling you to expect this. In the last days, there will be difficulties. Put yourself in Timothy's shoes. Maybe he's, he's thinking, where is Paul? When will these false teachers stop opposing me? All this godlessness. And Paul says to Timothy, don't worry. In the last days, there will be difficulty. This is like when a parent, you're going on a a long car ride with your kids and you say, honey, we're going on a long car ride. And you're going to be tempted to get whiny and you're, you're going to get tired of the car. But don't worry. We have games and and movies and snacks and we'll stop for bathroom breaks. And before you know it, we'll be at the beach. That's a little bit like what Paul's doing. He's saying, expect this difficulty. And we see Jesus here in in this this letter. Chapter one, verse 14, Paul says to Timothy, guard the good deposit entrusted to you, Timothy. That's how he begins this letter. That's how he ended 1 Timothy. And and what is that good deposit? What should Timothy guard? It's the message about Jesus. It's the message that, that Jesus died on the cross. He was raised to life after three days. And everyone who trusts in him is saved by grace, though they deserve death for their sin. And this is the same message that the false teachers just won't have. They don't want it. They've rejected Jesus. They, they don't understand why Jesus came or what he really was, why he, he came in the first place. So, how does this apply to you? Why should you care about this? Here's why you should care. If you see godlessness around you, and if you see people opposing the gospel and hating the gospel, you might be tempted to give up. You might be tempted to align with them. That's why you should care. Because what Paul is doing is he's saying, Timothy, keep going. Do you see godlessness around you? Don't be surprised. Do you see people opposing the gospel of Jesus? Don't be surprised. Do you see people going from bad to worse? Don't be surprised, Timothy. Do you prefer or do you see people prefer mystery instead of the good deposit of the gospel? Don't be surprised. Maybe it's your neighbors. Maybe this is the case. Maybe it's not. Maybe your neighbors like to talk about Christianity, but only really as much as they can pick a fight. 
Don't be surprised. Don't freak out. Love them. And, and God's truth, God's good deposit will be the one, the, the message that prevails. So opponents will continue to oppose the truth. Let's move on. Whoever guards this truth will be persecuted, but must press on. Paul starts off the next paragraph, verse 10. You, however, Timothy, everything that I just said, that's different from what I'm about to say. Timothy, you, however, you have followed me. You have followed my faith, my patience, love. You even followed my persecutions and my sufferings. At Antioch, Iconium, Lystra. What happened to Paul in these cities? You can look this up later if you want. Acts 13 and 14. At these cities, the short version is this. Paul preaches the gospel of Jesus. He does some signs and the Jews hate him. They throw rocks at him until they think he's dead. But he gets up and he keeps preaching. He keeps preaching the gospel. God preserves Paul so that God's truth can continue to go out. Acts 14.7, they continued to preach the gospel. And Paul is saying to Timothy, you were with me. You followed my persecutions, my sufferings. But, verse 11, from them all, the Lord rescued me. Even though the persecution and suffering is there, God is big enough to rescue. And then verse 12, he just, he just sets the record straight. He, he, he sets Timothy's expectation. All who follow Jesus, Timothy, will be persecuted. Not might, will. They will. But, verse 14, here's what I want you to do, Timothy. And really, this is my whole point this morning. Continue. Keep going. Timothy, I want you to continue in what you've learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. This godlessness and false teaching, everything that's going around, uh, on around you, regardless of that, keep going. Think about who taught you. Think about your grandmother Lois, your mother Eunice. Think about me. I taught you about faith in Jesus. Keep going in that faith. Timothy, remember when you used to read the scriptures as a kid. Remember the scriptures that gave you wisdom for salvation. Salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Remember those, in fact, all the scriptures, the ones that you read and all of them, they're breathed out from the very mouth of God, Timothy. If you've ever read this verse, 2 Timothy 3.16, in like a bumper sticker sort of way, that's cool, but it's so much better if you consider the scene of what's happening in the letter. It's so much better. Paul's saying in the midst of all this godlessness and the false teaching, 
Guard the gospel, Timothy. You know what's going to help you guard the gospel? Reading God's breathed words. That's what's going to help you guard the gospel. Read them. They're going to help you sniff out the false teaching. They're going to help you be trained in righteousness. And Paul's not going to stop. Next week, he's going to say to Timothy, Timothy, read these words, but I also want you to preach them. Preach these words that God has breathed out. In season, out of season. They need to be preached. You know what helps when you go hiking? A map. A map and a compass. You could do it without a map and a compass. It's just not, you can't go as far, and usually it doesn't go as well. But with a map and a compass, you know how to avoid the super steep banks that nobody wants to climb, and you know how to get to the views that everybody wants to see. You know how to make it back to the car, back to camp. And as others follow you, they get to enjoy these things too. You see the connection? Paul has the map and he's saying, Timothy, read the God-breathed map. Paul's not talking about getting lost in the woods. He's talking about salvation. He's talking about people either being with God forever or not. People being saved from the penalty of their sin and given grace and blessing. So how does this apply to your life? Why should you care about this? One word, salvation. Salvation. Here's your application. Continue in what you have learned. Keep reading God's breathed word. Keep going. When you're faced with the the persecution around you and the false teaching, keep going. I know it's a simple message, but it's one that we must hear. Don't give up. Keep going. The next time you ask yourself, why am I a Christian? Why do I I put up with this persecution? Salvation. Verse 15. Salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. That is worth going through all the persecution in the world. To follow Jesus and to endure persecution and suffering. Give it to me now until I die. I will follow Jesus if it's if it means salvation. Just because not everyone follows Jesus does not negate the fact that you are saved by him. Kids, this means that. If mommy or daddy ever get tired of reading the Bible, you can, you can tell them, you can set the record straight and say, mommy, daddy, read the Bible. It's really good for our faith and for our relationship with God and it will help us to keep going. Maybe you're here today and you're a non-Christian. Welcome. We're very glad that you're here. I'm so pleased that you're here. 
as we consider this passage. Did you learn anything new this morning? Maybe you learned that the Bible claims that these are the very breathed words of God himself. This is not just another book. Maybe you learned that these words, these breathed words from God, bring people to Jesus and faith, saving faith in Jesus. Maybe you wonder if there is an absolute truth. How could there only be one truth? Well, Timothy had a whole bunch of so-called truths swirling around him. And what Paul says to him is, Timothy, here's the truth. You know it. God breathed it. Continue in it. And I pray, my friends, that you would hear these God-breathed words. He's speaking to you right now. Are you listening to him? So as we as we close. Opponents will continue. To oppose the truth, that's what they do. And whoever guards this truth will be persecuted. But they must continue. Let me pray and then we'll take the Lord's Supper together. Father, what joy we have in you. What joy we have in knowing you. In knowing that even if we're in the midst of persecution, we have salvation through the the faith in Jesus that we have. And God, would you encourage us, keep us going. Lord, you are able to guard the deposit that we have. And I pray that you do that. Help us. In Jesus' name. Amen.